Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is 101.9. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton, and it is such a pleasure to be here with you on this wonderful uh, Tuesday, right? It's been a long time since we've been together. And I hope that you're well and healthy and everything's good in your life. Wow, it has been a long time. Let's think. The last time we were together was before Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah was four weeks ago. So yeah, pretty much all the Chagim this year, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Sebastara, all fell out, fell out, that's a Yiddish expression. Um, they all took place on a Tuesday. Um, or close to Tuesday. So here we are. Chagim are behind us, back to routine. We're already in the beginning of the next month, Rosh Chodesh, on the 30th day of the month of Tishrei. Tonight's the first day of the month of Cheshvan. And now it's a whole different Megillah. It's a whole different story because now the goal is to integrate. Now the goal is to make it a reality. In other words, to take all that high inspiration and make it something that transforms us. And that is a big deal. Or as they say in the classics, Nishta Pashtamaisa, that's not a simple thing to do, to integrate, to bring in, to download, right? Really, that's what it is. It's to download the inspiration so that it can affect us. It can now become part of us. You know, you could eat a meal. And in the last month, hopefully you've eaten lots of them. But you don't necessarily digest the food well, right? Either it's junk food or you don't give yourself time to digest it well. And then the food could give you a stomachache. A big part of the food is not necessarily only the, the the part that's the best, which is the eating part, right? Most of us don't enjoy the digestion part. It's not exactly some yay, you know, right now I'm just having so much pleasure because my dinner is digesting. But if the dinner doesn't digest, then we have a problem. After a month of intense chagim, of intense holidays, of intense celebration and serious contemplation, reflection, and all the good stuff that happened the last month, now we reach the time of digestion. And that is not so simple, to digest it. Otherwise, it goes right through our system and obviously leaves some difference, but ultimately doesn't really transform us. And, you know, when the person doesn't chew their food well, and the, the food doesn't get digested well, etc., now it's about chewing the food and digesting it. It's about, okay, what did I just go through? What was that Rosh Hashanah? What was that Yom Kippur? What was that Sukkot? What was that Sukkot? And how can I carry that with me into the next 12 months until the next Rosh Hashanah, please God? And that's not so simple. Because when you're in an atmosphere, you know, you, I imagine many of us showed up to Shoal at least once during the last month if not more. When you show up to show, when you show up to a religious experience, 
often the experience happens to you. You don't have to happen to it. In other words, you know, there's emotions are contagious, right? If you're next to a person that's going through a, an intense emotional experience, there will be some contagion. There's no such a thing as intellectual contagion. Just because somebody next to you just thought of a great idea doesn't mean that in any way your IQ's gone up. <laughs> you know, often, you know, an idiot could sit right next to a, a very a genius and the fool does not become clever because they were sitting next to a genius. But emotions are much more contagious. You, you spend time in the emotional experience and it will, it will affect you, right? If you're in a home of simcha, of, of happiness, of joy, of a wedding, it will overtake you. If you allow, if you just allow yourself to be taken, if you're in a place of tragedy, then unfortunately that will take you as well, right? Emotional contagion is a real thing. You know, you get affected by the emotions around you. I do wish that ideas went the same way. Um, idea contagion, right? Like, you know, if you sit next to a clever person, that their, their insights can have contagion, although it would be dangerous because if you sit next to somebody with bad ideas, it would also be contagion. Regardless, there is no contagion of ideas. But there is the transfer of emotion. So when you're having a religious experience, you're sitting in Rosh Hashanah, um, you're in shul, or you're sitting with people in the sukkah, or you're dancing with the Torah, something happens to you. And if you just let yourself go, if you get off your phone, if you get out of your own head, and you just allow the thing to take you, you'll be taken. That's what an experience is. Right? You go to a play, you go to an opera, you go to something that will take you. You want to be transformed. How do you know you had a good night out if for the two hours you were out, like something took you? But now, there's not, those experiences are done. Now we're back to routine, right? We just started our first full um, mundane routine week in a long time, since before Rosh Hashanah. We haven't had five days, a five-day work week. Uh, other, unless you're a rabbi, because then you were working seven days on steroids. But for most people, you weren't, if for the people who are Shomrei, etc., who chose not to go to work, whether it's Roshani, Yom Kippur, each person their own standards, Sukkot, Sukhastara, it wasn't a full week. And now we're back to routine. And now, in this routine, starts the digestion. Okay. How do I internalize all that intense experience how do I make it my own but now there's nobody to do the work for me now it's just me I cannot be taken nobody can do the uplifting for me the music the sermon the ambiance the aura the sukkah the lulav the etrog the torahs the dancing so much of it is, is not here anymore. And now what? And now I have to ask myself, can I uplift myself? Can I take that inspiration and digest it? Digest it, internalize it, make it my own. And that's much harder. You see, because emotion, the upside is that it's contagious. That's the upside of emotion. 
So you could just be around somebody else who's having that tense emotional experience and you'll be uplifted. The downside is once the person's gone, once the emotional experience is over, so are you, so is your experience. You know, you could, you're only plugged in as long as the electricity is on. The moment there's load shedding, you're out. But an idea is different. An idea is different. Why? Because an idea, when you study something, when you learn something, then wherever you go, the idea is with you. So although ideas are not contagious, you have to learn it by yourself. But once you've internalized the idea, it's with you. Unlike an emotion that doesn't actually have any substance, and now it's pretty much gone. An idea has substance. All you have to do is access the idea. And that's why, you know, the final Chag, we finished with Simchat Torah, the celebration of the Torah. And one of the ideas behind it is now you, to carry the inspiration of the last few weeks, you need learning, you need knowledge, you need thinking. You need to develop, a person needs to develop ideas that will be able to carry them through. Because ideas you could take wherever you go. Emotions you can't, but ideas you can. And for the next 11 months, obviously we'll, we'll have Hanukkah, and we'll have Pesach, and we'll have Shavuot, and we'll, the, the, the spice of the year will be spread out throughout the year, a little Chakir, a Tuba Shvat, a Tuba of, then there's sadder times, the Omer, then there's the happier times, the Lakba Omer, the sadder times, the three weeks, etc. The calendar, the whole makeup of the calendar, but ultimately there's only one Tishrei, there's only one real experience like what we just came out of Rashani, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and Kastara with absolute intensity. And that's, that's powerful, that's moving, it can move you. But ultimately if the move is going to be permanent, it now has to be digested, and the way to digest it is through learning. Because now I have to carry something. I can't just carry an emotion. Right? An emotion, you could have the most incredible experience, but all you're left of it is memory. But an idea, wherever you go, if you remember the idea, if you study it again, you re-access it, you can generate that, that experience and that emotion, because ideas could generate emotions as well. But these emotions are different, because these emotions are the birth of an idea, not the birth of contagion. It's not just because I was in a room with a lot of people and they were all feeling something, so therefore I'm feeling it, but rather when it's an idea, I could generate the emotion out of the idea. It's a much healthier emotion, and it's a, it's a much more thought-through emotion, but now I can carry it with me wherever I go. Because all I need to do is just think back and say, okay, what, what was that idea that moved me? What, what, what took me? What, what, what moved me in a deep way? So here's my encouragement as we go into another Hebrew year of Radio High FM and please God, all, all the shows continue, um, especially the Torah shows from one to three, um, every day here on High FM. I encourage the listeners, I encourage myself to keep on studying, keep on, you know, listening to this year or that year or learning yourself even better um, and generating, you know, thoughts and, and stimulating the mind so that the inspiration can carry through the year.
because now that the intense emotional experience is over, we need substance. And we need something that will carry us in the mundane routine, even muck of life. And that is why we're doing this. This is That's why we're here on Tuesday. That's why there will be many other shows throughout the week to hopefully help us carry this through. Now, before I started talking, we played a song. It was called Hakel, um, as we'll explore in the next segment. Hakel, it's the year of Hakel, and that was one song about Hakel, and this is another song of Hakel. That was by Ephraim Fried, the previous song. This is by Simcha Friedman and Ami Cohen. This is 101.9 Chai FM, Hakel. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. Rabbi Levi Avton here. And you were just listening to the talk, um, to the song, Hakel. Saying, played already two songs, Hakel, because this year is a Hakel year. You might have heard it from other presenters over the last month, but short, in temple times, as in today, every seven years in Israel is a sabbatical. That was last year, which literally means that the earth must lay fallow, they don't work the land, etc. But following the Shemitah, following the sabbatical year, at the beginning of the year, um, of the new year on Sukkot, there would be a massive ceremony called the Hakel ceremony, and all Jewish people would show up to the temple, and the king would read from the document, from the Torah, from the book of Tarim, from the book of Deuteronomy, and it was an incredible uniting experience, as we read in the Parsha a few weeks ago. And although this mitzvah had been neglected for many years, a few decades ago, the Lubavitcher Rebbe started really encouraging the idea of, obviously you cannot reenact the thing, we don't have a king today who can read from the Torah, but the experience, the Hakel experience, the idea of unity, can be something that can be reenacted throughout the year. It's a Hakel year, it's a year of gathering, a year of oneness. In a year of learning, Leman Yishmu, Leman Yomudu. That song you were just listening to was just quoting from the, the book of Jerusalem, from the book of Deuteronomy, the parsha of Ayelech, talking about Hakel Am gathered the people, men, women, and children, and they should listen to the words of God, and they'll learn to fear God and to follow His will, His commandment, the Torah. So, in connection to what we were talking about earlier. In order to digest the intense month that we just went through, it's so important that we now come together and bring it all together within ourselves, within our communities, and do it through the power of learning, do it through the power of knowledge. Each and every one of us has the ability of keeping ourselves inspired as long as we keep on learning. Um, even though we're back into routine, routine is a, a funny word because there's no such a thing really as routine within the Jewish calendar. Um, because the, there is such a thing as routine, but not boring routine. So let me paraphrase. There is a routine. Sunday, Sunday, Monday is Monday. Even though today is Rosh Chodesh already, so that's a bit out of routine, and tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh. But we always have 
davening, we have prayers in the morning, and we have prayers in the afternoon, and we have the food we eat, the kosher, and we have the Shabbos, and we have the mikveh, the intimacy in the bedroom, and we have every part of our lives that is touched by, by God, that gives us an opportunity to elevate, to be inspired, to connect, and obviously learning throughout all the time. And I'm talking to myself, really, you know, as a rabbi coming out of a, the most intense month of the year. On the one hand, there's like this relief. Wow, okay, we made it through. There's that relief. On the other hand, there's also a certain uh, loss, right? There was a certain intensity, a certain clarity. You just one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And now it's to fill up the routine and to make it powerful, right? It's, it's lovely to have hundreds and hundreds of people at Shul and talk to them and inspire them, but you can't really take the credit. They came out of their own volition and it's that time of the year, but now it's it's not Yom Kippur anymore. It's not Rosh Hashanah. And now how do you engage? How do you develop that relationship? How do you how do you move? And that's really the, the, the core of our for bringing today, what we're trying to unpack is the ability of holding inspiration once inspiration dies down. And we spoke about learning, we spoke about whatever mitzvah we do, staying focused, etc. But that's really the goal. The goal is to stay inspired. And that's not an easy thing. And thinking to myself, you know, here we are. Literally a week since Yom Tif Finished. Simchas Torah finished on Tuesday, so now it's Tuesday. It's not even. It's not even a full week. And yet, if I look at myself, it feels like it was donkey years ago. It feels like ages ago, in terms of the 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 headspace, the zone. So what can I do about it? What I can do about it is for bring Hakel, come together, talk about this inspire ourselves so here we are that's what we're trying to do we're trying to do on this incredible day um, day the beginning of a new month as we just began the new the Torah once again and last week we read Bereshit and this week we begin all the story of the whole story of the flood and the story of the Tower of Babel gosh these are the weeks that I wish that my show was a Parsha show because these Parshas have so much to unpack um, it's just like so much fun. There's such incredible stories with such incredible insights. But as we start again, that's Pereshit, the genesis, the beginning, the, the start. It's about building ourselves up from scratch, building ourselves up. You know, Yom Kippur, God gave us a clean slate. We danced away our worries on Sukhastara. And now we have the opportunity to show up clean and, and with a fresh perspective. Because my goal for this year, my goal for this year, is to work on myself to make sure that my perspectives are healthy, that my um, the ideas I share with myself and definitely what I share with others are good ideas, right? Many of us share ideas. A lot of us have really genius ideas about life. I'm saying that somewhat seriously and somewhat cynically. But often we don't check and ask, 
are my ideas good? Not do they feel good, but are they good? Am I living by good values? Are my ideas ideas that motivate me to be a better person? Are my ideas ideas that that actually make me disempowered and don't get me anywhere? Because that's the time of, that's the, how do I say this? We are a composite of our ideas. We are a makeup of our ideas. Based on what our ideas are, that's how we live our lives. How we see this world affects how we live in this world. But not often enough do we check our ideas. And I, the, the call to study Torah is not only to absorb knowledge, but it's to question your own ideas and ask yourself, dissect them and say, okay, is this good? Is it an idea that's good for me? Whether it's an idea about how I parent my kids, right? Some people think that it's a very good thing if a parent does the homework for the kid because I'm helping my child. Or it's a very good thing if my kid is not doing well in the soccer field to start screaming at the coach. It's a very good thing. But it's not. Objectively, it's not. It's ridiculous. It's, it's making your child, uh, keeping them immature and unable to actually cope with the real world. And those are just, you know, easy ideas. But there's so many perspectives, perspectives on how hard I have to work in order to make a living versus how much time to spend with my family versus how much time to spend um, focusing on my uh, Judaism, on my, on my heritage, on my religion, on my learning, how much to f- focus on my health, etc. A lot of us have ideas, but those ideas we just absorb from the culture or we just absorb from the, our parents or just absorbed by osmosis, but we never question them. And it's interesting because earlier I was saying that you cannot... Um, pick up ideas by contagion. And now I'm kind of contradicting myself as I speak. Um, it's not real contagion ideas because you still have to think about it, etc., and you have to hear it. But yes, a lot of our ideas have not been fully reflected upon, and in some way they're contagious. In other words, we, we grew up a certain way. Our parents did things a certain way. Our society did things a certain way. Our school did things a certain way. And that's the way we see this world. And we never actually question and say, one second, I didn't really think that idea through. I just threw it, you know, I just swallowed it and made it part of me, hook, line, and sinker. But is it actually good for me? That's a real, real challenge to ask myself. The values I live by, are they good for me? Are they effective? Just because they're easy and familiar doesn't mean they're right. It's amazing how quickly we become married to ideas. You already see, you know, young children or young teenagers that will fight illogically in defense of an idea as if they're married to this idea. And if you're attacking this idea, you're literally causing them the most incredible anxiety. And how dare you? I remember a kid in, I used to teach in school, he used to literally cover his ears when I would talk. Um, maybe my voice is that bad, you know, like I'm, I'm not judging, but uh, he just didn't like my ideas. And instead of engaging with them, he literally would cover his ears. I don't want to hear that stuff. At least when you're on the radio, you can actually just shut the radio and like you really don't have to cover your ears, especially if you're driving. Please don't cover your ears. Um, 
we get married to ideas so young, so easily. It's 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 pathetic. It's it's crazy. Like, what do we understand? Like, do we really think through ideas at age of ten or fifteen, or even twenty? Do we really think them through? Do we have the maturity? And even if we do think them through, ten years later, with the wisdom we accumulate in those ten years, shouldn't those ideas be relooked at? Right? Nobody. Ideally, nobody should be the exact same person they are now that they were a year ago or 10 years ago, definitely. You're different. You've had 10 years more of experiences. But yet, often our ideas and our way of life and our priority structure, our pyramid of priorities is still as, yeah, the way it was 10 years ago. Without saying one second, but I've learned a thing or two, no? What have I learned? Well, how can I unpack this? How can I digest this? How can I reassess? And I would say that even now as we come out of the Chagim and, you know, we had experiences and hopefully we, we learned a bit and we heard sermons and we, we had certain feelings that maybe were unusual, you know, not being in Shul for three years and, and having the whole Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, etc. So now it's a time to sit back and sit there saying, okay, so, so how does that change the way I see this world? How does this change me? Am I a changed person? Am I seeing things through a different prism? Am I are my eyes open to a new reality? That's how I know if I've been really transformed this past month. Can I see things through a new way? Am I open to new ideas? Or will my day-to-day living and my values be exactly the same they were a few months ago or a few years ago and nothing's changed? You know, for me, one of the, the crazy things of COVID was how transformative the pandemic could have been to so many of us and yet how many of us have pretty much fallen back to almost every single routine we were in before. And it's good on the most part because, you know, you don't want to totally change yourself. You're still, you know, you're the same person in many ways. But, you know, you'd think COVID would suddenly show us a way of seeing what's important, what's not important, what's dispensable, what's not dispensable. And yet, I would say almost all the people I engage with, and including myself, I'm not judging here, or if I'm judging, I'm judging myself together with everyone else, we pretty much snapped right back in, right? We were, we were being pulled you know, we were we were not ourselves, but the moment we were no longer being pulled, we snapped right back into the same position we were before. Just strange. Nothing. Is there nothing that like wow, a shift? And I believe a big part of it is because even though we had a lot of time to think, we maybe thoughts, but we didn't really internalize those thoughts or digest them and ask ourselves, okay, based on what I understand now, will I be different? So for example, I remember at the time people were saying, you know, simchas will never be the same. People focus on the real part of the simcha and they won't get focused on trivialities. Mazel tov. Sure. Now, the assumption was because, you know, all the trivialities were taken away from us during the holiday, during uh, COVID, so we're not going to be able to focus on it. But it's not as if taking it away from us forced us to say, oh, so one second, so when I am back into routine, 
I will no longer see that. No, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a nice point, yeah, but focus on the important stuff. But it wasn't really thought through and digested. And hence, once we're out of it, we're back to ourselves. So if we don't want to just snap right back out of this month and just be the exact same person we were six weeks ago or eight weeks ago, we need to, we need to meditate. We need to internalize. We need to reflect. We need to digest. And that, hopefully, will transform us. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 Chai FM. And you thought you were going to get a break from me. Ah, just one, one ad. It's good to be back. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avton of Linksfield Shul. And here we are in the Fabringen. That'll be Tuesday from 1 to 2 in the afternoon. Not every Tuesday, it's been quite a few Tuesdays by heaven, but please God, we can get back into some form of routine and forbring ourselves. And a forbringing is not necessarily only about insights. Every year at this time of the year, I kind of remind myself why we even named this show forbringing. Um, forbringing is, is literally a bunch of people coming together and experiencing something. And then allowing it to be internalized through song and conversation. It's a feeling. So the goal of each Fabregan over here is obviously to share ideas and to reflect and to try to make sense of the world we're in. But ultimately it's that we walk out feeling and thinking a bit uplifted. That's really the goal. That's how I know if it was a good Fabregan, if it was an average, or if it was a total shocker. And especially when you come out of the intense month that we came out of, it's so important to to digest it. And that's what we're trying to do today. We're really talk we're digesting about digesting. We're talking about how to take apart this cake, eat the elephant bite by bite, let's you know, all the other uh, expressions to be able to just take this elephant, this it's good, you know, it's wonderful. I'm not using elephant in any negative connotation. And, and the whole beautiful thing we were in, and now like, okay, make it me. That it's, when we used to study in Yeshiva, we had a rabbi who would tell us, he says, don't only tell me how much Torah you studied, but what did the Torah teach you? Did it take you? Did it go through you? The Torah could go into your brain, out of your brain, etc. But did it go through you? Did it penetrate? Did it become one? Did it become part of your flesh? As Tanya, the great book, he describes, you know, Torah learning as food. Just like food literally has to be digested inside of you. It becomes part of your, your makeup. It becomes your blood. It becomes everything. It, your energizer. It, it, it goes into every part of your body. So too, Torah has to be digested, has to go inside of you. And that's not only through learning, but through meditating on the learning, through internalizing the learning. That's why, you know, they, they would encourage us when we were, we were studying. They would tell us that after you close the book, you still have to spend another 10 minutes reflecting on it. Okay, now what? You, now that you studied and you learned this great concept, now, now reflect on it. Now internalize it. Now, you know, whether it's, you know, close your eyes or take a walk. 
Try to digest what you just learned. Try to make it part of you. Not only a part of you, make it you. That the idea and you are not two separate things, but it's you. It's not just what I think. It's who I am. The first word of the Ten Commandments is Anochi. And the commentaries say the word Anochi, which is I am I, I, I as in I, God, your God. The word Anochi stands, it has the first letters of four words. I have put myself, says God, into the writings. Anon nafshi, me, my soul, ksavis, into the writing, yahavis, I brought myself into. In other words, I am in the Torah. That's what God says about the Torah. And, and we re- react the same way. In other words, how, how are we supposed to react to that message? By saying, by being the people that the learning now becomes us. That it's me. I take the food that God offered and digest it inside of me. And I'm talking about food as a knowledge. Because we really need to, we need to digest. That's really the, the goal. That each and every one of us needs to digest our knowledge. We need to become one part and parcel of, of our experiences. I was telling you, you know, a group in class yesterday, we were talking and I was saying, if I ask you to name one experience that happened each month of the last year, would it be easy? Would you be able to? And the answer is for most people it would be hard, right? If I would say, okay, so tell me one thing that happened last year, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, one of them. So some will be easy, yeah, in March or April we have Pesach, and in December we went away, and um, uh, gosh, we had a wedding in June, and oh yeah, in uh, July we went away again. That's the way it would sound by most most of us, which is crazy. It's not a year that happened in 1982. I mean, it's not like a long time ago. It's recent. It's the past year, and yet we've lived it. We've lived every day, 24 hours. Okay, maybe. Eight hours we were totally spaced out, you know, in bed. Hopefully if we got a good night's sleep. Um, but 16, 17, 18 hours a day we were walking this planet. Okay. And how much of it is memorable? How much of it has been digested? How many, how much of it is part of our identity? Think about that. We go through life and so much of it is utterly forgettable that we cannot even dig it up. And I remember when I was younger, I heard a story about a great sage who, before he passed away, he said he can give an accounting. In other words, because he was now thinking he was going up to God, you know, his time on this earth, he was going to shed his mortal coil, and his time on this earth was done. And he says, I could give an accounting to God for every single wake moment I had in my life. I could tell you where I was, what I was doing in my thoughts, in my speech, and in my actions. Okay, that's wow. I'm not sure that's remotely untenable, but forget about being able to do every moment of our life. How about every moment of the last hour? (laughs) Or or every hour of the last day? Or every day of the last month? Or every week of a month of the last year? But the point is to have some 
why is my life so forgettable? If my life was full with meaning, then even the routine, my davening today, shouldn't be the same as my davening yesterday. My prayers today shouldn't be like my prayers yesterday. And what I learned today is different than what I learned yesterday. And my my engagement with my loved ones is different. So every day is different because I'm different because everything's different. The dynamics are different. So why is my life so forgettable? That's really the question. How much of the last month is going to be forgettable? How much, you know, in a month or two time, when we're going to think about Rosh Hashanah 2022, how much different will it be in our identity to Rosh Hashanah 2002? The only factor that will make a difference is if I decide to internalize it. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. So this is 101.9 Chai FM and we're about to uh, say goodbye for this for this week. It's It's been different. I have to say, like, you know, being on the radio and talking has been, uh, it's, it's feeling unfamiliar almost. It's been such a long break. Um... But uh, thank God we're back. And thank God, hopefully we can keep the routine going. And I want to thank Craig. I want to thank the whole Chai FM team, Kathy, etc., for giving us the opportunity. I think this is, for me, maybe my ninth year, tenth year on Chai FM. Um, for others, even longer. Um, and thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for the listeners. The, you know, my favorite listeners are the ones that bump into me. They don't recognize my face, but they recognize my, my, you know, as one person told me, Rabbi, you have a great radio face, but they recognize my voice from the radio and then they'll hear me on the phone in a shop and they'll walk over to me and say, Oh, you're Rabbi Atzan from the radio. I recognize your voice. Um, that's quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I want to thank all the listeners who continue being part of the Chai FM journey and tuning in every single week, uh, every day. Etc. I think, you know, the Chai FM role that it plays in our community is incredible. And I think that once again, the Chai FM team for letting me be part of this incredible journey. And I think the listeners for making, making us go on. It's a motivator. You know, each time I go on the radio, you just talk into the radio atmosphere and you have no idea if anyone's listening. I mean, you know, the, 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 the systems show that many, many people are listening. But as a speaker, like, you, you don't know, like, are you engaging? What's going on? You're just sitting in front of a microphone and you're talking. But when people walk over, reach out, send a message, etc., it means the world to the station, to myself, to any presenter. So thank you so much. I want to conclude today's show by a beautiful song, Lichsheya Futsu. It's, a tune on the famous words that the Baal Shem Tov, the great holy Baal Shem Tov, had an out-of-body experience and he went up to heaven and he was talking to the Mashiach, to the future, uh, you know, the Redeemer that's going to come. And his famous words were, Masai Kasimar, when are you going to come? When is my master going to come? When's it going to become the time? And the answer was, when the wellsprings of spirituality and divinity and Jewish mysticism go out all over to the world, to the, to everyone. So this is a magnificent song that came out last month on those words. And I sign off with that song. Have a great day.